Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my mentally too unsafe to be on the street, locked up, clown mask wearing, and serial killer stat knowing and co-host friend, Alex Tandino. I made you that guy. I was like, there you go. I thought I was going to be Busta <laughs> Rhymes, but whatever, it's fine. I mean, I'm, to be fair, I'm more of a Busta. Hi-ya! I mean, we've done enough of these. I can't keep making Michael Myers analogies for True. you. So, all right, guys. <laughs> As always, we're on all the social media that you're on. Please take a second, uh, follow, friend us, whatever uh, process it takes on your social media. We're there, too, and we love to connect with you guys. Give the show shout-outs, retweets, stories, shares, whatever these social platforms let us do that take over all of our lives. Uh, we appreciate it. In that vein, you may also email us. Uh, you can get a hold of us that way. Filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your suggestions and ideas for movies to cover, themes for a month, guest host, anything like that. Every December, we do stuff your stocking. So now's a good time to get in early with your uh, listener-selected picks for the month. We will pick as many of them as we can. Uh, in our rankings, we'll pick the ones we like best and try to cover them all. Uh, so get in early and get in good. Uh, also, you can see our faces along with other content we produce on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. All right, Alex, that's enough for business. business. This is a big one. When we, as you guys know, this October, we are releasing a horror movie every single day of the month. I know it's a lot. I'm glad that you guys have seemed excited about this, too, and you've been doing this uh, journey with us through the abyss of horror, the horror genre, right? Uh, we're glad to have you. And I'll say, when we picked Halloween as our big franchise, I was like, Halloween's one of the biggest horror franchises. That seems like a good start. This Halloween Resurrection, the movie we're discussing today, is the one that me and Alex are like, that's the one we can't wait to do, right? Yeah. I was excited to talk about all the other Halloweens, a lot of classics, a lot of great moments. I remember vividly going to see this movie, and I loved it. I thought Michael Myers was finally scary again. Um, I was super into this movie only to find out Everyone else on Earth seems to fucking hate Halloween. Including Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter. I mean, I, I... Okay, they're different, right? They're so close to it and it's so different for them. Fine. I am here tonight, right? I'm not going to tell you if you hate the movie. I can see how you make fun of it. I can sure. see how there's some things you're like, that's a weird not choice. Not saying that's not a thing. My argument is, though, right? So this is what the seventh halloween movie if i'm not counting wrong right uh this would be the the sixth or seventh with michael alone right so halloween one and two you've got the night it happened right uh creating michael myers creating laurie creating donald Pleasant. then we come back we do two romps that are almost become this vampiric van helsing dracula thing right with michael hunting down his niece there's hinted at some ritualistic magic. Donald Pleasance is all gnarled up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little more operatic, right? The, this, you know, good versus evil battle. Then we get to Curse and Halloween H2O, because you started to see this, right? Michael Myers becomes a little blander, it feels, in 4 and 5. Then we get to H2O and uh, Curse of Michael Myers. 
And at this point, it felt like, especially when I watched H2O, again, one of the worst titles in movie history. Yes. It's the 20th anniversary. Let's name the movie Water. So bad. So, so bad. By the time we finish H2O, which again has some fun moments, it's it's not a bad movie. Um, I felt like they had nothing left to say about Michael Myers. He had become uh, a proxy stand-in for Jason Voorhees as a supernatural behemoth killer. Right. What are they trying to say? What are they trying to add? We're going back to the well for an obvious cash-in, which is fine. I'm all for it. I yeah. want to keep seeing my my favorite monsters on screen, right? Halloween Resurrection felt like, if nothing else, they gave us an interesting lens with which to look at the Halloween series again, right? Yes. While giving us Michael Myers kills and this and that. Right. So my first, my first argument in my case, right, my first plank, I love the opening of this movie, right? So we start off on a Laurie Strode. You find a door. You see the door. We all know the door. Uh, when you open it, it can be heaven or hell, right? It's cool little dramatic. She's almost Donald Pleasance at this point, oh, right? Very Donald Pleasance. Very Yeah, I Donald like it, Pleasance. right? She's like the bad. But again, it's fun because now we see Laurie is locked up. She's institutionalized. Right. And in one of the great... <laughs> Kind of going back and explaining how Michael got his head cut off and is about to come back, right? We find out that it wasn't Michael she killed. It was a, a, cop, fucking a, cop, a right? father of three, right? She killed a guy and ended up in the asylum. Now, there are several things in this opening that I really like. One, I think it's kind of cool. This is something we don't see a lot. To escape this moment, Michael had the foresight to crush this guy's throat. Michael took off his outfit, right? He took off the overalls. He took off the mask, which is supposed to mean so much to Michael Myers. It's always important he has that mask, right? Right. Put it on someone else and sent them out for Lori to kill. And Michael, after everything we've seen him go through, right? Even though they kind of hint at that they don't count uh, many of the other sequels, right? Except for 1, 2, and H2O. They kind of hint at that with the serial killer fan. Michael looks enough like a man that when he puts on the EMT outfit, he can walk through a crowded crime scene. I thought that was a cool moment. I mean, I think that that's what makes. It's like, I'm not sure. See, because like me personally, like there's some of that that I'm not really. I I thought that was kind of hokey personally, but I get why it's interesting. And I get why people might not even think twice to look because, A, no one's ever seen his face. But also, more to the point, we live in a world where we are very polite and we don't want to say, oh, that guy's got a fucked up face. Don't look at him. Like, it, we're, we're much more of this look away culture than we are anything. And especially in 2002, we're more so, more so than ever, I think. So to me, it makes Well, I like the sense. idea of getting back to he is a normal man, right? Like yeah. we had gotten so far off on this supernatural kick. And again, one, one knock I give resurrection is they brought back my least favorite moment in Halloween history, which is the one arm pull up Michael Myers. I hate the idea of him having to jump to 12 feet to then do some kind of CrossFit to then come down slowly. Like he's fucking Rambo. I hate it. It doesn't feel like Michael Myers. It doesn't feel like the inevitable shape, the murder. It feels like uh, if a bro's like, God, I'm glad I pay $100 a month to work out with ropes. 
and now I'm going to showboat. And I hate it. And I hate it. And they brought it back. They thought, wow, look at how cool that was. And it's garbage. And I hate it. That's the last mean thing I'll say about this movie. (laughs) But what I'm saying, I like that this one gets a little bit back to this kind of putting a human inside the mask. One of the things I like about this movie, I like the mask. I like that the eyes of Michael Myers seem to matter in this mask, right? Like, especially in four and five, that mask looked like just a very blank slate, no eyes, no nothing that really felt emotional. Yeah. This one brings back that there is just an evil man, right? Despite him doing some superhumanly strong things like foreheading a door open, headbutting a door open, I think it's called, not foreheading. That shows you how many fucking tough guy fights I've, tough boy fights I've been in. Not over here in the soft boy corner. But I like getting back to that idea. I like seeing Michael Myers detach himself from the mask. Yeah. I like seeing him be able to walk through a crowd. It reminds us that he isn't just this, you know, muscle-bound husk that has a an evil mask. I, it I makes like him that a he's person. not just this unstoppable thing. Like, he's unstoppable in a lot of ways, but I like that there he's is He's definitely that. an unstoppable thing, but in that moment, he's not. But I like that it's not just that. Like, because, yes. again, it's, it's better than just being brute strong. Like, brute strong is scary, but only when you're faced with it. I think for him to be able to have the wherewithal to walk through a crowd is a big deal because it means that it also sets up the it sets up the gags in the house so much better because you realize that Michael Myers is thinking through this rather than just presenting himself. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. in that regard, yes, it is a little corny to me, but I also think it is well, it's good to lay the groundwork for later in the movie. Well, because I think the big argument, I don't think people appreciate the reality show thing enough. I really like that. But I think this opening is actually a really strong kind of wrap up for this Strode family story. Right. Right. So one, we're back to super badass Lori. She's stuffing. She's got a pill doll. You're like, yeah, she's ready. She's fucking hard. We see that she sets up a booby trap, which I love. Right. And there's this moment when she catches Michael in the trap. Right. I love that moment where Michael's just kind of pawing at the air. Right. Right. Because this giant murder machine that we just saw break through a door and he's this, you know, fucking unstoppable powerhouse. Right. Right. He's killed all these other guys to see him just sitting there kind of helplessly strung up. It took me right back to this moment. Right. It feels like Laurie and Jamie Lee Curtis are looking at this giant child. In that moment, he looked like a helpless baby to me. Right? He's kind of pawing at the air like a kitten. Mm -hmm. And it takes us back, all the way back to Halloween 1. This is a movie that started when a young boy put on a mask and destroyed the American dream. He fucking murdered his sister, maybe because her boyfriend only lasted five seconds in bed. Maybe he saw a titty. We don't know what led this off, but he was pissed. And that's what started it, right? That unmasking scene in Halloween is iconic, and we really lost that through the course of the series at times. This brought me back to he's just this giant child, right? It gives him this he's not thinking enough, and it's like, oh, he's just doing what a kid does. I want this. I'll go get it, right? And it there's a, a, a weirdness to that image that always stuck out to me, right? The giant man who looks like a giant child, though. And people always get mad because they say that this moment is character making a bad decision because they need to move the plot with Lori. 
I like this Lori moment. I like her grabbing the mask and then getting got because there's there's three things I like about it, right? One, I like the idea that Lori is traumatized that Michael turned her into him, that right. she in it murdered an innocent man and ruined his family, right? Um, so I think there is a cool thing that she's still psychologically shocked and not trusting her own reality. Right. When Michael grabs for the ears, another very human moment from him. I like that they had mentioned that she was a suicide risk. There's a part of me that thinks maybe she wants to die so that Michael has to live in a tortured reality where he doesn't have anyone to hunt anymore. Yeah. Then I mean, maybe if she sacrifices herself, what does he do? I mean, I think that that's part of it. I, I think that I love that scene on the roof with Laurie Strode. I think that's fucking. Yeah. Well, I think people that's, get Max. They're like, that's just her being too dumb. And I'm like, I don't think no, so. Really? Man. I mean, again, like this is where, what did we say? Was, was this seven or six? This is seven movies in, right? We're seven movies yes. in. We're 20 years later. Like she's not going to make is the eighth movie. Actually. Is it really? But Halloween three isn't part of this, but yeah. Right. So we're, we're 20 years later. Like we're sitting there, we're dealing with the fact that we're like Lori Strode's still post-traumatic stress, but now on top of that, she's a murderer herself. She is, like you said, she's conflicted because she's become what she hates so much. So to me, it's not at all out of the character of Lori Strode to try to see the mask. She wants to see the face. Like, that above all else is probably the most aggravating for her is that there is just this blank stare at her. I cannot yeah. imagine how frustrating that would be. Well, I think there's a line they added that you could probably remove, right? Which is when she goes, I just need to be sure. I don't think she no. really is worried that she's, I mean, there is a, a PTSD thing about that, right? Sure. But again, I, I think there's this multiple there. Cause it's one of those things you're like, you just watched him come into your room and break the door with his fucking face. You watched him chase behind you. He's never that far away where you're like, he could have put someone else in a Michael Myers costume, right? So I get why people, you're a lot of things in this movie, I think your immediate reaction is like, ugh. But then when you think about it, you're like, that's kind of cool, though. I like the idea that Lori has this, you know, one, what if she kills him? Then what does she have left? Looking for Michael is what's getting her through this institution life, it feels like. In the same way as Michael, she is laser-focused on one opponent, right? She has become him in a lot of ways. So if she kills him, what's her game? Does she get to get out? No, she still murdered a cop. Yeah. You know, like, she's still in trouble. And then what if she sacrificed herself and Michael has nothing left to hunt and goes dormant, finally rests? And then she has that amazing line, right? The, I'll see, see you in hell. hell. After gives her little brother a kiss and says, I'll see you in hell. I thought that was cool, man. I get how people groan when she reaches for the mask. We all know it's coming. Right. But if we're being honest with ourselves as horror movie fans, that's kind of the meta baseball shit that I hate that people play sometimes. Yeah. If you're being honest with yourself, you knew Lori wasn't going to make it. You knew it. Right. You knew it. You fucking knew it. You knew she didn't have five yeah. more of these. Well, and right? I think you're right. Though. They needed to reboot. If you take that line out, it becomes a much more cathartic moment altogether. So that would actually be my yeah. only disagreement with that scene is that she says, I just need to be sure because that is yeah. to me, not true of Laurie Strode. What's true of Laurie Strode is needing to see the face. See, I agree with that. I think that's like one of those things they added. Cause 
they're like, oh, people are going to say this is dumb. And I'm like, well, you're just adding another dumb. Yeah, you're just adding dumb on dumb. Like, it's not <laughs> dumb. It's only dumb if you add the line. It's cathartic and fascinating yeah. if you just have her have yeah. this contemplative moment of reaching for something that she's been reaching for for over 20 years. We're trying to run away from it, as a matter of fact. So the fact yeah. that she's willing to reach for it means that she's finally facing her fear altogether. It's a very fascinating yeah. scene. I think it's actually really, really important and awesome. Right, and because I don't think she thinks she's going to defeat him on that roof. No, not at all. She's dropped him off. If she drops him off the roof, he's not dead. She's she dropped said, him Are off you the scared roof to die, Michael? So many times. When she says that line, I think in her heart she knows the answer is no. All right, you stab him 50 times. Right. You cut his head off. You do whatever. He apparently can regenerate enough to walk through crowds. Like, she doesn't truly think he's a goner, right? right? I think there is this moment of she just needs to have a moment alone where they're not running right a moment of stillness between these two uh this spiral that their lives have become this tragedy right so i think it's this cool thing and i love at the end when michael walks downstairs and finds his super fan and he hands him the knife because you get this weird moment of michael finished his quest what's next like michael's done Right. Michael did it. It's this weird moment of I also retire now and it feels really strange. And then he comes back and he's like, the world is full of fuck holes. I'm ready to murder more. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he starts killing, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s as a concept. And it becomes really fun again. Yeah, exactly. but yeah, I think that opening is one of the funner segments in a series that had kind of lost its voice. It hadn't really found anything to say. It had become. Yeah a parody of what Halloween itself created. I agree. And I think this scene weirdly has some, some really fun moments to help us look at this, uh, Laurie and Michael story as an arc. Right. Right. I find it fascinating. It is. I guess. It's a great, I mean, to me, it's a great capper at the, to the end, the Michael and Laurie story, because then yeah. you get to enjoy the rest of the movie, which to me is like, is just like good time slasher film fun. Yeah, it, and that's the thing, right? Because I was watching it with my wife, and she was actually, this is good. Like, he's scary. These ki The kills are great. The kills are awesome. I like the kill. We got a head crush. We got a food-obsessed chef getting stabbed to the door, and when he opens the door with the body still on it, I was like, perfection. Uh, we right? also get a dope peeping Tom kill. <laughs> yeah, well, the man in the mirror, right? The man in the mirror kill was amazing. Man in the mirror kill is uh, awesome. Yeah, by the guy who's just, I think, by, from, he, this he is the thing, though. The year, I like the idea, the right, of Dangertainment. I think this is a fun reboot. And I think it's maybe aged well, because at the time, we're like, well, it's that. Now everyone does watch streams. Everyone does watch uh, these things, right? And Ghost Hunters, and there's Instagram influencers and whatever. Yeah. This is, what I like about this movie, is we kind of go back to this forgotten Haddonfield, right? And what we say is, this is essentially the Gordon Gecko version of this, right? Like, you could call this movie How Michael Got His Groove Back, right? That would be a very 90s <laughs> That's title. That's a very nice, good title. But there's also the Wall Street version of this movie, which is Greed is Good. Michael Myers is good business. Yeah. Right? And what Halloween H2O, at that point in the series, had become to me is it's talk is cheap, right? We're just mm -hmm. filling up body counts. We have no emotional attachments. We're just spending time with our old friends watching Slaughters. Yeah. And I think this movie has a really cool double layering of 
So Michael Myers has become good for business, right? Yes. Um, they didn't tear the house down. They're not, oh, you can't resell it, but you know people are going there. The house where they filmed Poltergeist still has people showing up to take pictures. Yeah. So Michael Myers' real-life house would be a tourist attraction. Right. And what it does is, what if the cheesiest, shittiest reality producers that, you know, there are a dime a dozen today, maybe not as many back then, said, hey, I can make money off this tragedy. Oh, yeah. I mean, and so them going through the house and finding the baby chair and all that is like we worked in bad art departments. We did. And you're like, that rang really true to me. Not only did I <laughs> not only did I work in bad art departments, but I've also I work production management for reality and documentary shows. So the fact like this movie to me is much more entertaining from an inside baseball perspective. But like, I think you put it that perfectly. Killing the two, early 2000s as a concept that is pretty much what this movie is like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all these wonderful stereotypes of people who absolutely should die, and absolutely should never be able to exist, and all of them have like spectacular kills. And then yeah, like let's kill internet reality shows. They're terrible. Like that's fine. Yeah. Well, it is. It's literally just these young people who are so detached from what made yeah. Michael Myers cool, exactly. which felt very true of when Resurrection came out, mm -hmm. trying to get famous off deaths. Right. Yeah. And so we see the demon baby chair and the fucked up toys in Busta Rhymes when he even gets caught. Right. There's that amazing scene where he's in the Michael Myers suit Fuck, yelling at I Michael Myers like, shit. motherfucker, I'm Michael Myers. I don't pay you for this because he hasn't realized his cameraman's been dead for eight hours. Right? <laughs> I fucking love that. bit. That's right? a great scene. Like but my... it's so good. Yeah. yeah. But what they do, too, is, again, it's the producer of the show not having the wherewithal to be like, oh, uh, there's the real bad guy here, right? Because it's so foreign to us that the evil's in the house. We only right. look at the, as Busta says, Americans don't like reality. They think that shit's boring. Right. So we'd rather see this hopped-up cartoon show. That's what Michael Myers had become. Right. Right? And this one is getting back to that, the evil's amongst them. They don't see it. There are real fucking kills. Right. Uh, there's some weird moments, though, too, right? Like, when Michael gives up his suit in the opening of the movie, I was like, oh, so there's a scene where Michael Myers had to go shopping for overalls and boots and a mask again, right? Unless he just has extras, right? He's got, like, that Kevin Smith closet downstairs. Yeah, I assume he's got that Kevin Smith closet of jerseys, um, for sure. Yeah, well, there's also a funny moment where I was like, there, he's like, Mm, this is new fennel or whatever the spice and i was like are they saying that michael got the spice because he wants fennel flavored rats or is this because everything else the show added is like hokey murder props right? right so the mystery of the new fennel i was like maybe mikey's down there spicing up the rats i think i think i think it's early 2000s michael myers is definitely watching top chef or something you know like Something along those lines. I mean, if it was Tapatio or Sriracha, I'd be like, that's white guy 101. Michael yeah. Myers bought the Tapatio. But he's like, he's <laughs> he's trying to, I think after he's done with this this recent killing spree, the next Halloween was supposed to be like him in Hell's Kitchen. You know, like him versus yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. That would have been the fucking movie, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. I thought the thing, the, them walking around the house is just, it's, it's a fun horror show yeah it's it's exactly what yeah. it should be I, the thing that I, i'll tell you the thing i noticed this viewing that i liked more than anything was everyone in the house does not believe what's happening like it takes literally katie sackoff's head getting chopped off the, her head in front of them for them to go oh man i think people are dying in front of us like 
But no. oh shit. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting is everyone outside, like not everyone, but like the people that are watching, the um kid from Smart House, Ryan Merriman, he's watching the feed and like he's like, I think people are actually dying in there. And I was like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You're you're out of your mind. Like that to me is actually what a really was his screen name again? Catfish, <laughs> OG Catfish. That was his screen name. <laughs> but that to me is an interesting. It's an interesting sort of thing that we do because, like, you know, we've worked in TV and we've worked in reality shows, and that to me is more fascinating. Is that the people who are watching it are believing it as opposed to the people who are actually experiencing it? Like that to me is yeah. That to yeah. me is the meta narrative within this Halloween, which is it's real. Just prepare yourself. And you're not prepared, so watch watch yeah. Michael Myers just fucking stake stake all your friends. Like that is that is the true yeah. terror of the that is the true terror of Halloween Resurrection is that Michael Myers is real again, and he wasn't for long enough. Yeah. But now it's scary again. I think maybe what the movie does. I'm I'm always fascinated by movies that inadvertently give themselves story armor by maybe making bad choices right yeah. i find that fascinating and this feels like that though because the movie itself is a critique on what the series had become and us as horror movie watchers right definitely the kids all leaving a party to watch this and when we see the first girl get murdered right the, the redhead down in the basement yeah and she gets staked and michael's looking we get the pov of him looking right mm-hmm evil up close and personal in our face we can see this michael's eyes man it's right there uh all the kids laugh yeah that was so fake and they're tell that's how we are when we watch the halloween series we love the body count right because it's fake to us and this one is saying what if that was real tragedy you know and so i think that becomes this kind of fun narrative and again there are there are moments of hokiness there's some funny but like a moment of hokiness right let's do this I fucking love some of the moments of hokiness. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes is amazing. Karate fighting Michael Myers. Buster Rhymes. Awesome. Not being in Halloween 2018 to get like him and old lady Lori tag team. Michael Myers is one of the biggest letdowns of my life now <laughs> because I want. Fr- and again, it's the Michael versus Freddie movie that we all knew we wanted. Right. right. <laughs> but like, I want Freddie to come back in this series so bad. Because it's just, when he fucking karate kicks Michael Myers out the window, awesome. it is fucking spectacular. It is. It's great. It is fucking spectacular, dude. How can you I mean, hate a moment But like that's that. what I mean. People laughed at, and you're like, what else do you want? Like, what? This is, this is what I would ask, right? So the movie fills, these are like kind of my rules for these movies. It fills the house with fun enough characters to spend time with. Like, it's really weird that they're like, what should one of our characters be? Uh, obsessed with diet and how that makes her. Oh, okay. It's something. At least he'll get a great gag of throwing salt in Michael Myers' eyes. He'll blood sport him with, you know, cooking spices. But I was like, that's fine. It's something. It's something. They're all likable. But you know what I mean? They fill the house with likable enough archetypes. We get some slaughters. The kills are good. The pacing's fine. Michael Myers actually is kind of scary in this one. I don't know what the problem is i get i mean people online are like oh you're so devoid you don't care about the kills i'm like did you care about the kills in h2o did you care about how who got killed and curse of michael Myers? like we have to be more honest with ourselves as fans right yeah. i there's nothing i mean about- a lot of these series like when you watch jason takes manhattan right right that movie's not scary you're not worried for the kids yeah. you are excited to see them get slaughtered 
I think that's the thing that Halloween Resurrection does better than any of the other Halloween movies besides the first one, which is, or I guess in the second one too. But like, it it, it literally is. It's it, it's it it is um, a movie that should be a guy sitting on screen. Like the movie should start. A guy plops himself down. He goes, "Well, what is what are you expecting this time?" Like literally just staring dead into the camera. Like, what do you expect <laughs> to happen this time in this movie? Like, we're trying to make this fresh. Come on. So come on, like, what do you really want to happen? Because honestly, like at that point, yeah, like we're in a situation where screams, screams already come out and everything now is basically a parody of itself more so than ever. Halloween, like, like Halloween H2O is entertaining, but not nearly as interesting as Halloween Resurrection simply because it falls victim to that, like late nineties, early two thousands heartthrob, uh, let's make a sexy movie movie thing. And so to yeah. me, how it literally feels like it has nothing to say about right. the character. Halloween resurrection does a great job of saying everything you need to know. That's maybe new. And then they give you exactly what you're asking for from a Halloween movie. I don't understand the level. I understand people not liking this movie, maybe as much as you would like the first one, perhaps, but to say it's a shitty movie and dismiss it out of a hat just seems like you're not watching it and you're being like needlessly glib just because what a movie gave you exactly what you asked for, but tried a new spin. That's yeah. insane. Well, there again, there, there are things about it that I guess you could say are clunky, but they all have sure. that. I like the idea of Michael Myers is good for business, right? That Michael Myers after killing Laurie Strode. It's genius. It, he's essentially a, a, a an entity of evil reborn in the modern America of that time, right? Which is he is the monster that we want on our screen. Right. We love when a Michael Myers arises, right? right Whereas in totally. Halloween 2, they're throwing rocks at the house. They want to burn it down because they're sick of this shit. They're like, right, right. God damn it, I wanted to have fun this weekend. Yeah. In this Haddonfield, you get the idea that people are going to be ecstatic right. that this happened because it's live streams, it's shows, it's you know Netflix docuseries, whatever. Yeah. Michael Myers being reborn as something that we want, right? He kills Laurie on his first mission, right? His old druidic magic mission, whatever. Yeah. And he hands the knife out. He's done until he goes home and he's like, fuck, you guys aren't done with me. Yeah. Right. Like you keep fucking dressing me up and rolling me out because you love this shit. Right. The teenagers are cheering. You're all cheering. Right. I bring the people to this house who pull their tits out. And this is how, you know, I give back to the world. Right. And yeah, is it weird that she attacks Michael Myers with a chainsaw? Fine. I guess I don't like that shit doesn't bother me. Right. Yeah. Michael Myers survives getting hung. He does that in every movie. Yeah. So for me, it's the characters are fun. It has something to say at least a little bit, right? That Michael Myers is now the monster we won't let die, right? Instead of he won't die because of his druid magic, we won't let him go, right? right. That's that's enough of a lens for me. When you're on your eighth movie, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but have something to add. And yeah. I feel like, and again, even if all they added was Buster Rhymes, mm -hmm. who is shockingly good. And I can't believe that, Criminally that he didn't get more roles out of this. He's so fun. Yeah. He's so fucking fun, dude. When he just comes in, he's like, whoa, and fucking squares up Chun-Li or whatever the movie he was watching with Mikey. I was like, yeah, the line. I mean, it's an all-time line. Yeah. Every Halloween, we've all said to our friends, trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> right? All the time we say that Every because time. Busta gave that to us. And Every I love time. it. Yeah, I mean, he's fucking great, man. Again, this is the 
this is the thing I like the most about this movie is just it's it's what I expect. And yeah, there are I'm like look, I the one my actually my major gripe with the movie is in the climax, the girl uh I can never remember her name. I know she's that girl from Rules of Engagement. Um but yeah. she uh is like trapped on the floor and like it's literally a mixer like the size of the one I have in front of me on my desk. I'm like, "Listen, yeah. I kicked that thing by accident one time. Surely you can get moving." It's not that difficult. And that was like yeah. my only complaint but, of this movie. But but this all I love how I'm I'm holding up on camera. It's my child's uh, nose cleaner yeah, outer ball. That's rid, a weird thing that just ended up on my desk. Getting rid of boogies, huh? Yeah, par- parenthood, right? The true whore. The true whore, right? Uh but no, I what I think I was saying this earlier. I love movies that maybe by accident stumble into story armor, right? Right. This whole movie plays as if it is Busta Rhymes' fantasy of what he wishes he was showing people. <laughs> yes. Right? We don't like reality. We right. want to see this hopped-up, wild version. Totally. So at the end, with the chainsaws and the whatever, it plays as Busta Rhymes telling the cameraman, like, and then I came in and hit this motherfucker with the kick, and there were chainsaws everywhere, and she was stuck by, I didn't really see it. It was probably something. You know, it has this kind of comical ridiculousness to it. Which, again, to be fair, we'd kind of hit that point, man. Uh, if I had one gripe with the film, besides the fucking pull-up Rambo moment, uh, if I had a gripe, it's the fact that, again, we set up. We have our dope trope, right? Uh, you know, a psychology or English class that lays out the theme for us as a lesson, right? We love doing of that course, in Halloween movies. Perfect. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> um. Actually, a lot of Nightmare does this. A lot of these do this. It's not. It, that's why it's a dope trope. What I like, though, this movie hints at uh, some kind of supernatural ability for Sarah. Is that the lead lead character's name? When she screams and blows up the glass, right? Uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God. She has some kind of supernatural power as well. The Banshee. She screams in the house and everyone's like, ah, turn the volume down. The fact that at the end. That is not used as a weapon against Michael Myers. <laughs> if she would have, instead of jumping out with the chainsaw, she jumps out and is like, ah, and Scott Pilgrim's his ass to like slip on blood. Yeah. Right. That would There's have a been opportunity so weird and wild because again, they, they, I think they were hinting at something more like maybe she's part of the Strode clan because right. she sees Michael in the reflection when she's getting her sexy outfit. Mm hmm. And she knows what he looks like right now. Right. Right? Which lets me know, oh, this is her having that Halloween 2 psychic connection moment. Right. So they hint at her seeing the ghost. There's a cool one when she comes up to the house. She sees Michael in the window and doesn't trust it because she thinks it's a vision again. It's not. But so that gets back to this. It felt like there was going to be – this is almost like a a Jason the New Blood, right? Friday the 13th New Blood. Where they just are like, we, we don't want to pay for the rights to carry, but we'll just have another telekinetic girl smack him about. It felt like they were about to do that. Because if at the end she opens up with like a banshee's wail, what better image for the final girl than I literally defeat you by the classic screaming because I'm so weak and frail, but turn it into a fucking I am woman, hear me roar, and she blows his ass out of the garage. It definitely- that moment. I I would have loved. It's a missed opportunity. Uh, did you know that that uh, actress, the woman who plays Sarah, that scream is dubbed. She she's not able. She was unable to scream. 
She was not a good screamer. She was not a good screamer, so they dubbed her scream. It feels strange because it feels like that would be an important yeah, part of the casting. That's process. what I thought. Uh, I, actually I guess it was wasn't. Like, did anyone cast yeah. the movie, or did she just walk on set? They're like, "You go for it, whatever you want." <laughs> Your star's burning white hot. Let's get in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I would have liked right. to have seen that supernatural part play out a bit. Sure. Um, but yeah, man, I I, I liked it. I thought the final little beat with melted face Michael coming back was great. I liked one of the scenes that I really love. I love uh, fucking uh, Freddy Buster Rhymes coming in at the last second. He's like, no cameras. We're done. Like he's had this complete emotional about face. He's like, here I was earlier. Like, I just want to split up the profits on this fake murder house to literally like Michael Myers. what, What does he actually say? He's, he's a great white killer shark in baggy ass overalls. <laughs> it's just here to destroy. I was like, I love that Freddie has done this about face and is still getting in front of the camera, but he's also like Donald Pleasancing. Yes. Because it felt like there was a world where if this movie was successful, Sarah becomes our new psychically screaming enhanced Laurie Strode. And Buster Rhymes as Freddie becomes our modern... Uh, Donald Pleasance. Ooh, yeah, I would have been down for that. And this becomes their like their fight versus the evil now. This new modern evil of greed and Netflix docu series. I think there's a world where this could have been a fun a fun run for them. Major missed opportunity. Well, in we the have Buster three runs. more new Halloween movies. It would be one of those things, and I feel like maybe most fans would be bitchy about it, but I think there's a world where we could all get behind this if Halloween kills or the third one come out and Lori's about to get it. You know, one of the strode girls and Buster rhymes, just slow-mo kick runs in and kicks the fuck out of Michael Myers. I I think the crowd would erupt in cheering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bring that on. I do think as much as people hated this movie, I think most of us enjoy Buster rhymes. Yes. I think that's undeniable. However, yeah, I mean, I just, I would actually just give Busta Rhymes his own movie where he's in pursuit of Michael Myers. The pursuer, the pursued now is the pursuer. But that's not, I mean, but yeah. not. So do like a Phantasm 2 setup, yeah. Yeah, but like not doing a podcast like they were doing in the new Halloween movie. See, yeah, what, right. see why, well, did, why did they cool, interview like, that guy? He's, so you bring back all of these other Halloween characters. They're all survivors that are. Yeah broken like laurie strode just bring them back dude. i think it's let's form an avengers style team right to fucking whoop old michael myers ass i think it sucks that they didn't bring him back for uh that they weren't they, that that should have been the first scene in the new halloween movie is buster rhymes being interviewed like i survived well what'd you say to him when you saw him <laughs> trick or treat motherfucker like that i mean come on man and then they're like, you didn't say that. And he's like, I did. I, I did. did. I got fucking video. It's on my real time. It's on my real. You know, what I love about Freddie is as soon as he says that, all his friends will be like, bullshit. Yeah. You said they say bullshit. Be like, and no, also, no, we no. Don't know here, that that here, let me yeah. let me download real player eight and I'll show you. And that's that's how he does it. <laughs> yeah, because we saw Michael's pop up at the end. We knew Michael was coming back. I would have I would have run it back with Busta one more. Because after this, we went hard reboot back into Rob Zombie. And I like what Rob Zombie did, but I, I would have liked to see another one with Busta. I think I could have done it. I'm with you. I, I, I would have. I would like to see him get a comeback one more time, man. But 
to wrap this thing up, right? I just think it's a movie because this is the thing. I think the opening is this kind of really cool, almost love letter to what the series had been and where we were. And you had to do your send off, right? I think, again, if this movie was just Laurie versus Michael for another whole movie. All right. Like, it probably would have been fun in the asylum. It would have that vibe of Halloween 2 in the hospital. All right. right. I think they got in. They got out. They gave us this kind of cool brother-sister thing. Like, we finished our journey. I thought there was some really interesting stuff going on in the opening. And then they just rebooted. And I guess if if I see something people say, right, is we just rebooted with a bunch of fairly unmemorable archetypes in a house, right? right. They get killed. Fine, but they get killed in spectacular fashion. And that the house itself and Michael Myers and Haddonfield get this weird kind of update on what they are, right? This culture that loves having a Michael Myers instead of being the small town that throws rocks at that right, house. Right. So I think that's it, man. When you're on your eighth movie, give this is what I look for, right? I already know Michael Myers. I've already seen him do the kills. I already know about Lori. Give me one or two extra things that let me think about the series in a different way, right? Let me come at it from a different perspective because I've done all the Halloween stuff, man. I just, I want to have fun and I want to get a little new uh, lens with which to examine the series. No, I agree. I mean, that's, that's all you need. That's what you need for Halloween because otherwise it does sort of devolve into this like, yeah, I get what's going to happen again. Because then like to me, and granted, I think it's really an enjoyable movie, but that's how you get like something like Jason X, which is enjoyable, but like you you yeah. you know what's going to happen. I think by framing yeah. by framing by for one getting rid of Laurie Strode at the very beginning of the movie and then framing it as this thing we all hate, which is reality TV and like reality production and all this other shit, you get a whole new flavor for Michael Myers and something that I think had been missing for a little bit, which is like a new version of actual fear for it. It's good. Yeah. Him actually being this kind of scary hunter again, seeing his actual human eyes, man. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's what, that's what I like, right? We watch this reality TV show house and, and what Busta says is pretty true, right? We don't like reality. And so we pulled our it's kind of what happens to Jason. It happened to Freddie. The more of these movies we get, the further away we get from what made them scary. And they just become these big cartoon characters. And so this movie kind of steered into that. They said, what if he was a cartoon character on this stupid ass reality show? And it kind of gave him some new life. It was a little new zest, man. I, I, I liked it. You know, agreed. And again, I don't think most characters in a Halloween movie are uh, there for a long time. They're there for a good time. Yeah. And I, I had a good time with you this said movie. it right there, man. That's it. I'm just saying when I go on Letterboxd and this movie's a one point seven out of five. I'm like, guys, did this movie really under deliver based <laughs> on what you thought it would be after having watched The Curse of Michael Myers and Halloween H2O? You really don't think that this is on. Par- I would say Halloween one. Halloween four, probably a little higher. Maybe the, you know, if you start doing the rankings, like I don't think this is like one of the all time best ones, but is it really much worse than a lot of these Halloween movies? Come on guys, be real with yourselves. Yeah. Grow up. Which cameras are you fronting for guys? Be honest with yourselves. This America's problem. We can't be honest with ourselves. Uh, yeah, I'm here, man. I I am a lover of Halloween resurrection. I actually thought about it. I would love to do this as a live stream someday. 
and just watch along and go shot for shot and tell people why they should love this movie. Truth. Because, uh, yeah, it's one of those I can't believe that the hatred it has. But uh, hopefully we swayed you a little bit, showed you some things that we thought were interesting. We're almost done with the Halloween series. Uh, tomorrow we move into Rob Zombie Land. This is uh, the worst family <laughs> breakfast table of all time. It's fucking brutal. Um, if I had mentioned earlier, I thought Halloween Resurrection helped make Michael scary again. Rob Zombie made him absolutely as scary as I've ever seen him. Uh, truly a horrific vision of this fucking Michael Myers character in this family. Uh, so we'll be doing that, guys. Again, we covered uh, Scream and a lot of other great movies. Uh, we still have Evil Dead to come. So a lot of movies this month. I hope you've enjoyed them all. Candyman, we got stuff everywhere, guys. Uh, download all of them. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You can find a uh, link to the audio version uh, in the YouTube description. If you're on our YouTube channel, that is Nerd Alchemist, where you can look at our faces, our unmasked human faces. While you listen to our voice, you can find us on all the social media that you're on. Get at us, message us, share us, retweet us, whatever. Contact us. You can also email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your ideas for movies, themes, guests, uh, double features, new stuff, old stuff. If you want to get in your selection for December where we stuff your stocking, uh, that's a great way to do it. Get in early and get in good. Uh, Alright guys, tomorrow uh, fucking button up your overalls. It's going to get messy as we enter Rob Zombie's Halloween. (laughs) For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh. I'm Alex Dandino.